Aloha and welcome to A Dose of Positivity. I am your host, Donna Maltz, known to many as Mama Donna. And each week I invite positive, knowledgeable guests to share their wisdom, passion, inspiration, and their determination to positively impact our world. You will meet the most incredible social and environmentally responsible activists, artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, health and wellness advocates, making a difference with their lives and their careers. The goal here is to bring you more positivity into your life. We invite you to share your goodness and inspiration, ask questions, and please invite others who are looking to be part of a positively positive transformation. Thank you for joining us. Now it is time for a dose of positivity. So before we get started, what I would like to do is just invite everybody to get really present, feet on the ground. And last week we had Dr. Harvey Eckert, a chiropractor on, who we talked all about posturing and how important that was for our body, mind, spirit, our digestion. And so I'd like you all to put your feet on the ground. And I know um, wherever you are, I'm barefoot, but just sit straight up and close your eyes just for a minute. And I, I'd like to invite you all just to take some shallow breaths in and inhaling and exhaling through your nose, not in and out your mouth, but in and exhaling through your nose because that really gets that oxygen to our brains. So feel the difference in and out the nose. It's shallow, beautiful, deep breaths. And I'm gonna ask you a question and I want, if you can think of the first thing that comes to your mind, what is the most positive thing that you can think of right now that happened to you today? And just sit there with that. Hmm. It feels good when we focus on the positive. And I want to thank you so much for just, if some of you were able to get to that place in just such a short time, that's beautiful. And for others who are on the call who may have had a harder time going, wow, what positive? Did anything positive happen? I mean, it's real. But little things like your cat's on your lap or you saw the sun creep in through the window this morning, a bird chirping, a hug, looking at yourself and telling yourself, hey, I love you, it's gonna be okay. This is how we change our minds. This is how we change our brains, one of the things that we can do. And when we understand the psychology of our brains, it helps us achieve our goals. And so knowing we can focus on positivity, 
even in just a moment's time, we become more in control of our lives, the lives that most anybody would think to want to achieve is to be in this positive state of grace, of giving and loving and sharing. So one of the people, I'm just going to read this really quick. It's a, sh- a short quote by one of, one of the people who turned me on to positive thinking when I was in my late teens, uh, the great Tony Robbins. And he says, happiness depends on many things. Your state changes depending on how you react to the changes in your careers, your marriage, your personal life, your finances. Happiness can also be due in part to giving back to people and community around you, adopting a growth mindset during challenging times, which is what we're doing here, and making future Sorry, I'm sorry about that. And I just wanted to make sure I was on the right page. Figure out happiness and figuring out how that happiness cultivates it through a set of strategies and behaviors that anyone can practice. Let me read that again. A growth mindset during challenging times and making can figure out what changes the happiness by making those changes that cultivate it through a set of strategies and behaviors that anyone can practice. And that's what Dr. Melissa, she's gonna give us so much of that juicy stuff today. With everything going on today, we could all use an extra strategies. I know I can. And lately I've been doing a lot of thinking about the pandemic, the vaccines, the mixed messaging, the climate change. I've been thinking about so many things that sometimes my mind wants to pop. And when I get to that place, um, I breathe in and out my nose gently and I come to center. And I'm sure a lot of you are feeling a lot of that same angst. And it's so reassuring. One of the most reassuring things to me or mantra that I focus on each and every day when I, if ever I'm feeling tilted or like, oh my God, how am I going to get out of this? I remember and I remind myself and I remind you too, that there is nothing in nature, nothing, nothing, nothing that doesn't change in nature. And there is nothing constant nothing is constant in nature except change so change is a good thing and when we're stagnant that's when our brains feel like they can't change and i wish i could talk with every single person who's listening to this on the podcast or who's on uh, youtube replay even um and how have you tuned into all of these changes. I have turned into an extroverted hermit myself. I used to be out there in the restaurant business, in and out, jabbing, jabbing there, blah, 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 out in the public, out in the community, doing all these fundraisers, all this. And, you know, with COVID and everything and, and becoming an author and a writer, it's like I've I've fallen into this new role and, I, and I've changed into this extroverted hermit. It doesn't mean I won't change again because I give myself permission to do that. So, you know, have you, what have you done? What changes have you made? And I love that people are putting some things in the chat. So I'm going to ask you some, 
some questions and go ahead. Um, uh, so are you, how are you reaching out? Um, are you reaching out without going out? Are you making things happen without driving anywhere? Are you offering your services by finding alternative ways to connect with people? How are we connecting these days? Face-to-face, online, how are you connecting? It's a whole new relationship. Have you found a new normal that rocks your world? So I love being an extroverted hermit. I don't know about you. Maybe you could put in the chat where you think of yourself. Are you feeling introverted? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling ashamed? Are you feeling like you're in the biggest transformation of your life, making changes? But one of the things that keeps me motivated, one of the things that really inspires me is when I think about the children who are these young children, they've they've been born into wearing a mask and social distancing and all of the things that are going on. And I just wonder like, how are these, these are the politicians of our future. These are the ER doctors of the future. These are the psychiatrists. These are the workforce of the future. And whether you have had an infant during this time, or you have a teenager during this time, or even just you and me, because we're transitioning, like I transitioned to an author during the pandemic, right? We're all transitioning. But when we think about this, And our children, like you and I, they desire to grow up in a world, a beautiful world where they can breathe the air, clean air, potable water, eat healthy food, where they can hug, where they can climb a tree and where they have an abundance of opportunity like most of you and I have had in our short lifetimes. We want the best for our children. I don't think there's anybody on this call right now who doesn't feel the same way. So living like the future matters is really important for all of us. And living like the future matters, meaning tuning in to how we can change our minds so we can change our brains, so we can have healthy bodies, so that we can help nurture this younger generation. So we can help nurture one another. And the world is craving you and they're craving me, all of us to come together. So we know there's scientific and there's soulful approaches to changes in our brains. There's neuroplasticity, there's epigenetics, and which is the study of how our behavior and the environment can cause changes that can affect the way our genes even work. People don't realize that. And Dr. Melissa, who is my special guest today, within without further ado, I want to give her the introduction that she deserves, which could take me another five minutes, but we're just going to encapsulate it. And then I'm going to let her take it away because she is amazing. Um, she's here to guide us and to share proven strategies. Like we were hearing from Tony Robbins, she's going to bring those strategies forward. She brings years of experience that allows individuals and groups to thrive by design so they can live their longest, healthiest, and most fulfilling life. Dr. Melissa is on a mission to enhance human flourishing globally. She is not only a friend and a colleague, but she is a sought after expert to unlock their code, activate their potential and ignite their capacity to lead, love and live life to the 
fullest. Mm. As the founder of the center, the stressed optimization and brain training technology platform and human longevity Institute, she is dedicated to sharing the resources and the solutions with us here today. So you guys, I want to invite you all so much um, to put your questions in as Dr. Melissa teaches us about longevity uh, epigenetics, stress optimization, creating our longest, healthy, and most fulfilling lives, because that is her jam. So everybody sit upright, be present, and let's get ready, all of us here today, to soak it in. And remember, put your questions in the chat. And Dr. Melissa, if you could come off mute, and um, I am so honored to have you here. And gratitude to everybody who showed up today and for all of you who are listening to the replay so so um honey how are you doing today so good thank you so much oh thank you all just looking looking at a few of the chats so so glad everybody's here honored to be here thank you mama donna it's always a pleasure always a pleasure honey i'm so so honored so anyway, we've, to get started, because I threw out these terms like epigenetics yeah. and neuroplasticity, just give us a little lay. lay let's ground it. it. Let's ground yeah. it. Yeah, let, let's bring it into really tactical, practical, accessible um, understanding and awareness for each of us. So really simply said, you know, there, there's a lot to unpack that you already just kind of opened up for for us. So I will start with this. You know, tonight we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about thoughts. We're going to talk about perceptions. We're going to talk about our DNA. We're going to talk about how the outer world is constantly informing, signaling, and influencing the very inner world all the way down to our DNA, our blueprint, our code of life, where our potential exists. Our blueprint is not our destiny, but it's our potential and it's that code. And so when we talk about these terms, epigenetics is really the science of the signaling. What is signaling our DNA? What's accessing that code to basically open up and replicate properly, normally, optimally, and what's not? So all the way down at the most primal level, we get curious to say what allows us to really potentially express our most optimal states of what it means to be human, flourishing, thriving, physically, mentally, emotionally, and what could potentially start to interfere with that? So the DNA, of course, that's that instruction manual, but there's a lot of other layers from that all the way up to the cell, to the outer world. And I like to think of things really simplistically because it has to make sense. Um, I like to keep it really just, you know, like I said, very tangible. So if all of a sudden we can understand that there is a real life science that shows us the quality of the inputs from our life, from our environment, from our thoughts, our actions, the foods we're eating, the water we're drinking, the air we're breathing, the conversations we're having, the social media we're consuming, the relationships we're in, the products we put on our skin, the environments we choose to be in, live in, work in, play in, shop in, all of it. It's what's contained in something that's called the exposome. So it's like this, the container, if you will, that holds all of the touch points of how we interact with life. And each of those touch points, each of each of those moments, seen and unseen, conscious and unconscious, that we are taking in, we're consuming, we're we're ingesting, we're inhaling, we're absorbing, right? We're interacting with, that all adds up and it impacts our system. 
It impacts our ability to more effortless and easily heal, thrive, and live life optimized, or it starts to accumulate and add up and create burdens and demands and overloads that become harder and harder over time for our systems to keep up with. Now, this is what's happening on an individual level, but this also extrapolates out collectively. Um, I like to look at this topic through the lens of something that's so fascinating, which is longevity, right? And that's really how are we living at every age and every stage of life. It's not just once we hit 65 and older, longevity begins actually 120 days before we're ever conceived all the way, right? So we, we leave this physical form. But I like to look and say, well, what's the quality of our life? What's the quality of the inputs and how are they showing up as outputs, right? So, you know, if we were to break it down, um, if we don't like the results we're getting <laughs> in any area of our life, we get to become the curious, conscious co-creator to just go, oh, what's the quality of my inputs? What am I consuming? What am I taking in? What am I interfacing with? And is this helping me or hurting me? Is it supporting me or hindering me? And, and that's really where we're going to look at and converse tonight. And, and we'll talk about some studies. We'll talk about some interesting things and, um, and hopefully kind of pop open all of our minds in new ways that just get us looking through different lenses to have a greater appreciation for ourselves and our health and one another. 120 days before we're here. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. that's juicy. What it, can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually guys for all of our men on the call and your husband will appreciate this because last time I was with you, Donna, I kind of spoke to our ladies and he was like, Hey, what about the token guy that's on tonight? You guys here <laughs> and tonight I'm starting with talking to my gentlemen. Uh, so to my gentlemen out there, believe it or not, you are a huge predictor out of the gate of the epigenetic influence of the information that's going to be passed down to your offspring by way of the sperm. So the sperm actually have the, the methylation. So epigenetics, you guys, again, how was the signal? It's the quality of the signal that's talking to the DNA. So really simply, there are things that are called methyl. There's a process called methylation and these methylation marks. Methylation is a way that information in our DNA code gets locked down, gets closed off. Now, this is actually good in many regards. Once, once we express um, a liver cell, right? We want that to stay a liver cell. We don't want it to all of a sudden become bone marrow. Like, so the code will lock in and that's mm -hmm. called methylation. When it opens up, it's called acetylation. Then there's also other variations of this histone modification and, and deacetylation. We're not going to get too technical, but let's just think on off. So methylation is a real simple way of putting marks on the code to say this is part of we're going to tag this part of the code and what happens is the greater our distress and we'll talk tonight about the different types of stress because stress is not good or bad and it innately inherently holds our potential to evolve into greater states of thriving so we'll talk about that through a different lens that i don't think it's enough love but let's just say we're in distress we are in that chronic overload there's too many demands and not enough energy and, and capacity within the system to meet all the demands that are being placed upon it. So, you know, we start to drop balls, so to speak. Well, when there's more stress in that system, it's also pro-inflammatory, but that starts to basically say, we got some issues here. This is like, we got some problems and we need to make notes of these problems. We make notes of these problems 
at the level of the sperm with these methylation marks closing down parts of the DNA. So what can actually happen is we can actually have parts of that code that would be passed on to that offspring that are literally locked down before mm -hmm. they're even born. So when the sperm meets the egg, it's already got that stress factor in there. It's already got that information in there. And then of course, the moment conception occurs, and here's what's really fascinating. Aging begins the moment that life begins. The clock starts ticking sure. because aging, biological aging, I'm not talking chronological, biological is a metabolic process. So there's metabolic activity, right? The breakdown is occurring. There's growth and breakdown, growth and breakdown. And this is constant cycle. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really incredible that we can really set ourselves up. One of my dear friends, Dr. Uh, Cleopatra Camperveen is a huge voice in prenatal epigenetics. So if anybody here on the call is really interested in that, uh, you want to learn how to have super babies, she's really the expert. So I can say everything I learned about prenatal epigenetics, I learned from her, but it, because we talk about longevity, she was actually one of the contributors in my book, The Codes of Longevity. Uh, so we look at the entirety of that lifespan. I love that. So everybody who's on the call today, basically just make peace with yourself 120 days before you. <laughs> okay. You know, it becomes kind of stressful, right? Because look, none of us knew that our parents didn't know that you didn't know that before you had your kids. And all of a sudden we can go, Oh crap. Are we screwed? You're not, you're not. Okay, good. And this is, and I'll say this really quickly, but this is also the really empowering component. So if I, you know, epigenetics what we know from a genetic standpoint when genetics kind of all of a sudden we thought hey there's um you know biological determinism our genes determine our destiny that's kind of the the mantra that was around the 60s the 70s the early 80s until they're like no that's not that's not it at all when we mapped the human genome and we started to realize the code is not the code is not the code it doesn't always express the exact same way why is that and really what research shows us again and again and again is that anywhere between 75 to 90 percent of how our dna expresses is lifestyle driven environmentally driven our interaction with our habits our choices our perceptions our beliefs so mind and body and the things that we're doing or not doing the environments we're exposing ourselves to that ultimately are influencing the expression of that DNA, which means while yes, things can close it down, muck it up, scratch it up, interfere with the quality of the signal, we can also clean it up. We can also improve upon it. And the really great thing is this is all measurable. We now have what are called biological clocks. They're epigenetic clocks that measure biological aging. They measure these methylation marks. So we can see where we are accelerating this inflammation, this kind of metabolic breakdown and chaos in our systems that, you know, will lead to chronic disease and earlier mortality over time. But we can also see when we start to think differently, act differently, live differently, we start to you know, employ different interventions, habits, perceptions, beliefs, actions. Then we go back and we retest and we can see, holy moly, yeah. I just youthed. I just aged in reverse 10 years. That is awesome. Because so of those, those strategies and those lifestyle changes that we're, we're talking about. But how, how 
that that is so comforting right that that's positivity in the ultimate without even saying the word anti-aging um it, it's like we can do this that yeah. that is like that is a the turn on of all turn ons right there <laughs> the 120 days beforehand so anytime like when we're thinking i, I like this 120 days that's three months right well 30 yeah. 64 months be, before we're going to do anything prepping ourselves that's why it takes a long time to to go on a detox or or you know to prepare ourselves for for a trip mentally it's kind of going to give you the outcome of what actually happens on that trip like not just in in conception but it's like how do we stay in this positive mindset and i think having that information you just gave me gives me wow there's nothing constant in nature except change and i can change that mindset right now right now on this call yeah. today yeah. i these things 80 percent 70 80 percent is not dna and i'm responsible for the rest like right here and now man keep it going melissa tell us how <laughs> Well, I, and I know we want to dive into, and I think maybe we'll start here. We'll use this little segue. Um, super big congratulations. One of our friends here, BG in the chat, his wife's pregnant. I felt like you did a great job. Six months before they conceived. That's so great. She's almost in her second trimester. So truly congratulations. That's such, so beautiful. So beautiful. Such an exciting time. Um, so, Hey, is there anything we can do to boost positive epigenetic expression for baby health aside from nutrition, sleep, et cetera? Um, so I'll just take a moment and we'll kind of start here, right? So one of the first places, because this, this is, I know what mama Donna wants to talk about tonight. And I'm, I also want to dive into this for BG. One of the first places I always start with any of my clients. And so I would encourage you BG for you and your, your wife to explore this is what do you already perceive your current state of health, happiness, vitality, thriving, right? Capacity to be parents. And there's several questions I just asked you there. So ask each one individually, but how do you currently perceive? How do you currently perceive your health, her health? How do you currently perceive her pregnancy? How do you currently perceive the environment that you guys are in, the home that you've set up together? Um, you know, like, and so these are just things you are subjectively rating for yourself. Uh, how do you perceive the quality of your nutrition, the quality of your, your sleep, right? The quality of your, your stressors that are coming in. Do you perceive that you're highly stressed, somewhat stressed, not really stressed? So first and foremost, for any of us, we always want to get the finger on our own pulse. What do I already notice, believe, perceive about my current situation, my current capacity, where I'm at right now? And this matters because our, how we view the world will dictate how we experience the world. And we know this to be true again and again and again through the research. And so now let's take a minute and talk about our psychology, our perceptions, our beliefs are constantly, they're a signal. Okay. So we go back to epigenetics. They are a signal. They are constantly informing our physiology. So what I say all the time is our psychology is informing our physiology and vice versa. So mind, body, body, mind, they are not separate from they are And also they are connected, intertwined. We are one ginormous, beautiful, complex system, not pieces and parts. And so it's important to know that obviously 
you know, your beautiful baby is taking in everything right now. And our, you know, I think if I were to start with one thing and this, this in and of itself can be a whole conversation. And so BG, um, I'll make sure you guys have my information if you want to reach out and even just, you know, have a little chat offline, but here's something I would have all of us really think about is that, you know, Donna, you started us tonight with kind of a centering and you asked people to think about a positive moment from their day to be able to kind of access that state, to re-tap into just that moment, no matter how small or large. And what's really great about that is that we're accessing a state, an emotional state. Now, emotions also drive physiology, right? They regulate and they, they're dealing with hormones and neurotransmitters, kind of these signaling molecules throughout. And so why am I going back to that? When we are pregnant, all of a sudden, oh, I lost Mama Donna. I <laughs> hope she's coming back. So BG, for everybody else, this is for us. We're going to keep it rolling. Um, but what becomes really important, I'm not saying that your wife and you have to be in a happy state all the time, but it's about understanding every emotion has a frequency, has a vibration, right? Happiness and love are some of the most powerful frequencies and vibrations. And one of the things that you could do and the two of you could do together on a regular daily evening basis is a simple coherence exercise. So coherence is going to already kind of align and attune you with the brain, the breath, the heart, the frequency, the energy of really love, if you will. So you become really intentionally connected, tapping into kind of that state of consciousness. Um, and that's going to have an effect on your wife's entire system. You and your wife together will have a, um, we all create a coherence with one another. So believe it or not, even though we're in this virtual Zoom, we all right now have a coherence, which is kind of why Mama Donna wanted us to sync up before we started, just to kind of all match in a similar resonance of just having a shared positive experience or touch point. So, um, so I would have you check in with your perception, kind of notice like, where am I at versus where I think we should be? So are you guys eating the way you think you should be? You know, like, do you perceive you're eating well? And, or do you think like, well, we're okay. So any of the places that you think like, well, I'd say we're okay. Then my question to you would be, what if anything would you, do you think you should be doing in addition or differently? So here's the difference for, here's the big thing, you guys, this is for all of us. And this is whether we're pregnant, whether we are dealing with a, a health issue, whether we are wanting to change a relationship, we're going after a new goal. We want to create greater wealth. It's the same structure. First, check in with your own perceptions, beliefs about the thing, then simply say, Okay, so this is what I believe to be true about me right now. Is this, do I, is this where I want to be? Is this like this a total match? If it's not, what if anything do I think I need or want or should maybe be doing more or less of? Now, before you ever engage somebody like myself, you checking in with your own innate wisdom and intelligence, you're going to already know immediately, like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm staying up late and I'm kind of disrupting her sleep. And even though like I'm letting her get to bed early and I kind of want some of my me time because the baby's going to be here in a couple of months. I'm going to play a few video games before bed, whatever, check my email, watch my show. 
if that's somehow causing even the slightest disruption, then you might be going, you know, maybe I need to get to bed earlier too. Maybe I need to start to get in sync. So maybe she doesn't need to do anything. Maybe there's something you could be doing. Okay. So now I know I'm taking a lot of this call. We can have more conversation offline because I'm trying to give a big framework that becomes really personal for each individual, but hopefully everybody here, you know, if you are in a place right now, if you've been struggling with any level, any level of something that brings discomfort, that feels a little overloading, um, a little triggering, then it's really great to, to turn the mirror on yourself and go, that's really interesting. Why am I, why am I being kind of triggered about this? What do I perceive? What do I believe about this? And so we always want to first meet ourselves in the moment, not to judge ourselves, not to not to make any judgment, but to simply first become aware because sometimes we are uncomfortable, we are triggered, we're doing things that we're not fully aware of. And the moment we gain awareness, we also gain greater clarity that oftentimes opens up insight into the very next thing that is best for us. Does that make sense? I loved everything you just said. And, and Brian, I'm I can't believe I didn't know you were pregnant anyway. I am so excited. Party, party. Um, but party and we'll have the right kind of party. Just there's just a couple things that you triggered for me in such a positive way, Dr. Melissa, that I would like to share with all of us right now, especially Brian. Like when I was pregnant, my my husband, Kevin, who is the best daddy, grandpa, you know, of course, you know, I mean, it, it, we we shared the pregnancy and, and you've heard of like, um, sympathy pregnancy like uh i gained 40 pounds well he gained 15 right um and i so was so con we were so connected and he was so into this baby he would talk to my belly all the time even at a very early age he would hold my belly he would put his ear on my belly he would talk to the baby we thought it was a girl and her name was shanti rose but that didn't change anything but maybe it did melissa and this is interesting because the whole time i was shanti shanti peace rose and my our son came out to be this most loving gentle he's got such a divine feminine feminine side to him although he's all man macho you know cut the trees down you know he's he's, yeah. he's all man but not really i mean he's got this tenderness and yeah. i really believe that like you say it just starts before before 120 days before and yeah. I, I really love thinking that and so even right now taking it beyond just the baby birthing mm -hmm. everything like i'm birthing yes. these new culinary classes you're birthing a new program somebody else is birthing a new business or a new grandchild is coming into the world we can apply everything you're sharing with us right here and now realizing that that power of thought that power of of, of being willing to to bring that positivity bring that positive energy forward yeah yeah, absolutely. And I, I think something that I, I really, really, really want to um, share with everybody tonight is, and I actually took a couple of notes. I was looking at a few studies I wanted to share is the word perception. And I, I really want to intentionally bring our awareness to the word perception because, you know, we often think like I have to, I should feel, I want to feel, I need to feel positive a certain way. And, and that's beautiful, right? Like that guides us and it's like, yes. And yet, look, we've all had times where it's not easy. We want to feel one way, yet we're not. 
And then that can also become a point of distress because then we start to be like, well, I should. So why am I? What's wrong with me? What's going on? Then we start to be hard on ourselves. We're not practicing grace and kindness, right? And compassion and empathy. And, um, and we become our own, you know, our own worst critic. And like, we're trying to just push it. Come on, get through this. And it's really interesting when we shift to say, okay, instead of needing to feel or be any kind of way, let me just give myself permission to first and foremost, get so curious, so curious about me, who I am, how I've gotten here, where I'm going. And, and, and so this word perception, how do we perceive things now until we start to actually ask ourselves that we're not consciously aware because our perceptions, how we view things, good, bad, happening for us, happening to us, you know, like that, that kind of frame of reference, growth versus fixed mindset, something that you mentioned in the beginning. These are not things that we set out to go, we could say, I wanna be a growth mindset, but I'm a fixed mindset. Why, why am I so pessimistic? I wanna be optimistic. A lot of this stuff was unconsciously, right? Kind of programmed, nurtured, told, taught in as we were in those very early development years. So our perceptions and our beliefs have been shaped by our culture, by our parents, by our teachers, by our churches, right? By our media. And so it's in there. So like it is what it is, right? And and so the moment, however, that we go, okay, cool. Like maybe it's not cool, but instead of just assuming that I know or I don't know, let me question what I really believe to be true about X, Y, or Z. And where did that belief come from? Why do I look at things that way? Do I like the way I look at it? Do I I like that? Does it serve me? Does it feel good? Do I feel energized, uplifted, empowered, like healthy, whole, full, vibrant, and vital, connected because of that? Or do I feel the way that I'm thinking about this, believing, engaging with this? Do I somehow feel, even though it entered, like it gets me going, it revs me up, but do I feel like I'm, I'm fighting up, up an uphill battle? Do I feel like I'm pushing against things, resisting against things? Do I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm the one doing all the work and nobody else is helping. Like I, it's me, me, me. And I'm push, push, push. Hmm. If I'm pushing, resisting, trying, and even if it comes from a great place, where did this belief come from? Is it mine? Is this serving me? Because at the end of all of, I feel kind of tuckered out. I'm feeling like, holy moly. And and here's the deal, gang. Here's the real deal is that when we think about, you say it so beautifully, Donna, if we follow nature's cues, when you see grass grow, is it efforting or is it an effortless process? When the river flows, when the tide moves in and out, there is no forcing, right? It is in flow. It is, it, it, and so sometimes it moves a little faster, sometimes it moves a little slower. The pacing, the timing is always exactly as it should be. We humans get in our own way, we start to put expectations, we start to put timestamps, and we have all of these uh, kind of preconceived notions. So perception is how are we viewing things, okay? So before I go into a little bit, I've got some really, really interesting studies. Donna, I don't know if you have anything you wanna to say to that, or if there's any questions around just like this kind of concept uh, before we dive a little deeper. I just would like to jump in. That was so epic, because what we resist, we pers- <laughs> persist, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what we resist persists, that's the waves are gonna ebb and they're gonna flow. We ride them or we drown in them. Mm. 
Yes. So it's a choice and it's a perception and it's a choice we get to make. And and just something that really triggered me because, and if you guys all read my uh, most recent article in the newsletter this week, um, I talk about one of the perceptions and one of the most um, pinnacle things that actually changed my mind, which has changed my brain, is my language. Mm-hmm. And when we choose, instead of needing, wanting, have to, got to, should, yep. we all stop shooting on ourselves mm-hmm. and we start to choose. It's our choice to change. When we're choosing something, when we have chosen, even if we're choosing to have some chocolate after dessert, hopefully dark chocolate and organic and fair trade. But instead of beating ourselves up, we choose to enjoy it and see it as a health food and that it's nourishing and the antioxidants that it's, it's, it's giving us. All of a sudden, this, this choice becomes a perception of, I am doing something so good for myself. I'm gonna buy chocolate when it's on sale. And all of a sudden, you know, putting some humor and love and light. I mean, we're not all perfect. We're not all gonna always choose things. But I always find, Melissa, and I don't know, when I say I want something, like I really want some chocolate, or I really need to go to that concert, or I have to have that purse. I mean, it's all this, oh, I gotta just get over myself. Well, it it presupposes that you don't have it. It presupposes lack. Yeah, lack. Instead of choosing, hey, I'm choosing. I don't need that purse right now. Well, here's the here's the thing, though. You are of it. it, it so the universe is is absolute abundance, absolute abundance. And and the moment we think we don't have something, we have created a distance. We have created. We're saying, I am not that. I am not that. And so I'm not saying fake it till you make it. I'm not saying lie to yourself, but you're right. Precision of language, how we choose to really like, okay, so, so, so if you're feeling like, God, I really want that and it's okay. We all have wants. And so does it feel like I'm lacking? Like, why do, why do I want that? Why do I feel, what do I feel like that's going to give to me? And this is really where it all goes. So So let me ask you this, Donna, if you'll play along for a moment. So on the days that you want, when you used to use those words, and we're going to go with this example. So in the past, when you would hear yourself say like, oh, I really want some chocolate. Okay. Or I want the purse. Why do you want the thing? So let's specifically talk to chocolate because you you had like quite a, a lovely response to that. So why did, would you say I want it when you kind of felt like, man, why am I saying that I want, I got it. Like, why did you want the chocolate? Well, if it was the old Donna before I chose to change, yep. Yep. Um, I'd want that chocolate to, to help me get through the day because I feel burned out and tired instead of really choosing to just take a rest and maybe eat an apple. But it was a quick fix, like a drug. Okay, so let me. Uh, so I'm going to ask you just a couple more questions. Question. One thing about that, though, this is really into, about addiction. Like when you're wanting and needing and having to and getting to, you know, you like it becomes this compulsive impulse, you know, in, in. And mm-hmm. when I chose to change that and really address and look at the root cause of what was going on, I realized that I had a choice to be fat, sick and nearly dead. Or I had a choice to change my whole how I looked at things, lost 60 pounds, totally change my attitude by not wanting, needing, having to, and stop shooting on myself. And, and I love, and I want to first celebrate you for that. I think that's really, really inspiring and beautiful. And 
it's a very human thing. Like we, we do want, we, we do perceive life is outside of us. Mm -hmm. And so there's always this distance and this thing that's like, well, I want that. And that isn't me. And that's a thing. And that, that has, I have a certain perception that if I have that, then X is going to equal Y. So, mm -hmm. so we all are driven by, there's a, there's a reason why we do the things we do, why we want the things we want. And so A, if we first quit judging ourselves for wanting and just acknowledge like, like, okay, I want this thing yet. Why, why? And you basically did this. This is kind of what you were just sharing with us. You, you took a different approach. You started to look at it differently. And so we want to shift our perspective and our lens and just get curious and go, well, why do I want that? What is it that that gives me? What is it that I think it's going to give me? What do I think it's going to do for me? And why do I think I need that? And so, because here's the deal. When we when we come from a place, a mindset on any level of thinking like I don't have and I just need that thing to make this part of me better to make my life better to make the whatever, like it's outside of me and I need the thing. Then again, that's really revealing to us that there is there's a space that we're trying to fill and we're trying to fill it externally and we're trying to fill it externally because we haven't accessed our own inner conversation knowing resources to understand what is it that i'm needing to give myself right now so we we're responding normally like well man you know what if i eat that chocolate it's going to raise my blood sugar it's going to raise my cortisol it's going to give me a little extra pep it's going to like give me a short-term feel good it's going to take me out of stress because all of a sudden instead of fight or flight this is going to all of a sudden make me go into rest and digest because i got to digest the chocolate and i want to feel a little calm and i don't even know all this consciously but my body innately knows this so it's going to reach for these things because i haven't figured out yet that I'm stressed out, I'm not really happy with what's happening, I'm feeling unsatisfied, I'm feeling like I need something more soul-filling, and right now chocolate's the closest thing I can get to that. So here's the thing, gang, we're all on a life journey. And some of us, you know, like we all have these ahas and we have certain levels of big epiphanies of self-growth and actualization, like, ah, I figured it out, like I, I've healed myself, I'm like a whole new person. And then like what happens, you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months later, you're like, well, dang, I, this is back. Not in the same way, maybe not as severe, but it's like, well, this is interesting. I thought I already, I thought I already figured this out. I thought I already healed this thing. I thought I already evolved beyond this. And then we kind of start to feel badly about ourselves again. Well, gosh, why is this thing here again? Mm -hmm. And you know, the whole journey of life, it is self-discovery, literally. And and I'm gonna tell you that. This is just my my perspective, right? So this is just one view of the world, but what I have come to know to be so true for myself is all of the, the wanting, the hustling, the grinding, the creating, the doing, the being, the titles, the things, the this, the that, which I'm so grateful for all of it. So I would never change any of my journey that helped me to become who I am. Yet what was fascinating is at the time I, I wouldn't have consciously told you that I didn't feel worthy, that I didn't feel abundant, that I didn't feel thriving. I wasn't, none of us are consciously walking around going, you know, like I'm not enough. I'm a piece Yet of when we, when we get quiet, when we get quiet, we're like, yo, there's that voice telling me I'm not enough. I better go do that next thing. Yet here's the deal. As you go through these micro awakenings, 
and then larger awakenings and you have new awarenesses, you start talking to yourself differently, you start caring for yourself um, in new ways, you know, you're kinder, you're gentler, you're more supportive to yourself. You fill yourself up first, you realize I've got to begin within before I can go out. And as I fill myself up, I begin to overflow into everything and everyone else that I get to, 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 you know, impact and, and connect with really what, again, I've realized that it all comes down to is that all this stuff, we think we're trying to do it for everybody else and to get everybody else's approval and, and validation. And when we get still and quiet, we're, we're proving it to ourselves to that inner self, because so many of us fight against ourselves. We don't like ourselves. We have abandoned ourselves. We can't trust if you get really true inside of you. If any of you have been through any kind of trauma, big or small, you know, which we all have, especially even through the pandemic, but along our lives, there becomes moments, these like defining moments, and they could just be tiny or they could be really big that something happens internally that all of a sudden protection is needed. Right. And so there's a part of you that's like, I need to be protected. And there's another part of you that's like, I'm going to protect you because it's, we can't trust them. They're not going to protect us. And then you start to realize as you go through your life journey that you've actually started to work against the things that you're doing that you think are protecting yourself are actually the things that start to build distrust within yourself. So, so many of us, this is a globalization. But so many of us, again, I've worked with thousands of clients over the years. I've been honored to do so. And I do my own work. Like this is like, this is, you know, I practice what I preach, but it's coming into that realization of, oh my gosh, I'm the one who has not been, who hasn't been keeping my word to myself. I'm the one who it's as simple as we put 10 things on our daily to-do list when we really only have the bandwidth for three. We constantly overextend, we constantly overexpect from ourselves and we start to break down these very trusts. Now this got way off of perception. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it back. But there's so much, there's so many elements to this, you guys. I, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope this is bringing some kind of value um, because I know we're going in a couple of different directions tonight. But I, I do believe, Donna, that it is when we are willing to start with our perception and go, how am I feeling? How do I want to be feeling? Um, what do I believe about what I'm feeling or experiencing right now? Do it, it, And do I feel like that's something that's serving me? Or do I feel like there could be an opportunity here? Um, you know, because if there's an opportunity, then that's a growth moment, right? That That's like a new expansion moment. So before I really, really want to share a couple of these studies, but before I do, Donna, I know you've got some things to share with regards to what I just said. You just said a whole lot. And I think, you know, Michaela just said, this is amazing. And I love the comments. You can see people have commented some really, I love Jojo Jonathan's in there writing some really cool stuff and people can download the chat later. But um, yeah, I think the self-love is way better than self-doubt and self-actualization is better than actually talking about it and it's about doing the work it's about really looking at ourselves in the mirror and I encourage everybody and my clients too to do this on a regular basis and I I do it I usually do it nobody's around and I've been caught a few times but just hugging myself in the mirror and just looking like really close and the first thing I'll say god your eyes look a little black or man you got I didn't notice those wrinkles and then I catch myself mm-hmm. and I go, man, you are so beautiful. That is incredible. You have lived this long to deserve those wrinkles. Yes. 
It's a yes. choice that we make to, to uh, this is a, a dose of positivity that I give myself because you said it earlier, it's this self judgment, the self-loathing and who told us this, right? And who, and that, that I think is addressing getting to the root cause of a lot of this, like the 120 days before. I mean, there, are, there is that back baggage there. And, you know, every once in a while, like, I love it when I'm at my, my husband will say, yeah, I think my dad just was in the room and his dad was, has died like 20 years ago. You know, we still feel those things from the past and hopefully we only bring the good things up. We don't bring up the beatings or the scolding or the dunce cap. Uh, or whatever but those things can come to haunt us and when we look in the mirror and we see those the wrinkles and the pimples and the negative things about ourselves you have a choice to look at the the beauty in your hair you have the choice to look at hey i'm standing here i'm alive i was just sick with covid for two and a half three weeks i look like hell but i am alive i am on the rebound and that is yeah. the choice we get to make so yeah. looking in the mirror every day getting rid of self-doubt and self-loathing loving ourselves for where we are for who we are right now in the moment being present taking those breaths in and allowing yourself to cut the strings with the energy vampires whether they be a person a, a job a neighbor who's driving you crazy allow yourself give yourself to your permission this is your life like dr melissa said earlier i mean oh my god you know this is our life mm-hmm. and and if we don't show up for ourselves who who is going to show up and if it's not you and that person is not a nice person don't expect to have a nice life so that's taking control taking bringing us back dr melissa bring us back to this dose of positivity yeah we've got we we've got really five minutes but i'm willing to go as long as you want to go or people are still oh, in line. heavens but- we yeah we are having a good time okay so i want to take just a couple of minutes you guys and i, I want to give you some some fun ways to think about this um it. so i'm going to share a couple of little quick studies that are just so fascinating to see the power of our perception and i, I want to just quickly um i do want to say listen from a developmental um psychological standpoint you know we we know if we think even back to the basics of maslow's hierarchy right from a from a foundational way that our system is designed fight or flight um rest digest like at the most basic level can we are we just here to survive or are we here to thrive now we are biologically designed to evolve forward into new states like to go out to respond to demands to you know recognize it respond to it come back recover create resilience that allows us to have more capacity more adaptability uh, more life more potential so evolutionarily speaking we are here to flourish we are here to keep growing to keep expanding our own intelligence abilities etc etc um now what counters that is of course the moment that that primitive primal action that fight or flight that distress there's too much like i feel like there is a threat and i'm in danger so here's the deal things come up we do all get triggered whether it's consciously or unconsciously and in a moment we can be reactive and not have any idea why and then we can get frustrated with ourselves of oh man i'm so ticked off again or why is this happening again or whatever right so the only thing i want to say to you there here's the, the simple recipe wherever you're at in your journey we're always going to evolve into new levels 
and each level is going to have a new um, perspective and a new awareness set that comes with it. It's like our vision just gets, our field of vision gets bigger and bigger. We can see more, we can understand more, it's building upon it. But in the beginning, you know, when we're just kind of starting this journey of really coming into new states of self-love, acceptance, worth, growth, like going, yeah, you know what? I am here to thrive. I am here to flourish. I am here to be my health, healthiest, happiest, most fulfilled self. And that me isn't the angry, resentful, judgmental, blaming, self-righteous, like that's not this. So I'm at a crossroads. I can keep doing this and there's nothing wrong with it. Or if I really want this, then, then it's going to require me to become really good at noticing when I'm not this, when I'm not my healthiest, my happiest, when I'm making choices that are not supporting my energy, my vitality, my health, my happiness, my fulfillment. When am I saying yes to things that trigger the resent, the righteous, the frustration, the agitation, the blah, 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 the whatever, okay? The anxiousness. And it's not to get upset with self, it's just go, oh. So we have to first get good at understanding this little toggle game. And I just say this, do more of what's aligned with who you most desire and how you most want to show up for yourself. The person you want to be, not who you think others need you to be, who do you want to be in, in this moment now? And guess what? When you check back in with this in a month, in a year from now, it's going to expand and evolve and be slightly different. We're not here to be static. It's all change. And so change requires like we're constantly going to be surveying the scene. And we already, the brain naturally sorts for differences. Is there a potential threat? So we're going to be really good at being able to notice the things that disrupt us that overwhelm us, that overload us, that just don't feel good. That doesn't mean we have to stay there. We don't have to stay in that. We can just simply observe it and go, cool. I'm like getting really good at noticing the stuff that's triggering me and disrupting me. So now I'm at choice. As I become aware, then I simply get to be at choice. And you can move as fast or as slow as you want to go. You can take little baby steps and every little baby step, every time you notice, and then you choose something that aligns with your happiest, healthiest, most fulfilled version of you in the moment now, then actually acknowledge that and celebrate that. Hell yes. I just did this. I just said, no, I just said no to this thing. I would have always said yes to. And then I would have felt resentful and like, uh, but I said, no, high five self. Yes. So that's going to give you a hit of dopamine. The dopamine is the reward neurotransmitter. And it's going to say, keep on going, keep on going. And every time you make, you become aware and you make a new choice. And it's a choice that aligns with the true, authentic, amazing, miraculous you. And you become more and more conscious and more and more confident and more and more unwavering. This is who I am. This is who I was born to be. This is who I am claiming myself to be. And I'm no longer willing to compromise me. I'm no longer willing to compromise my happiness, my joy, my love, my fullness. Because when I fill myself up, then I can overflow into everybody else. So I'm going to get so super good at filling myself up. Selfish is selfless. And so then every time we do, we acknowledge, we celebrate, we, we reward ourselves through the acknowledgement. And then we keep getting better and better and better. And that creates that positive momentum and self-growth. It just gets effortless and easy and enjoyable. And all the things that used to set us off and used to take us down like these crazy rabbit holes, they just don't anymore. And you know what then happens? Then we can actually hold space and love and compassion and kindness for everybody else around us that is still getting triggered, that is still self-righteous, that is still going down the rabbit hole. And it's not like, 
sucks to be you and why can't you be over here in happy space with me? You can just be like, oh my gosh, like they're on their self-growth journey. And guess what? We are all, we are in massive upheaval because we are at a pinnacle moment of human evolution and choice. And we have to know what we don't want to go, this isn't the truth anymore. To be able to then start to even imagine, like think about it, we are being asked to now like we're feeling so crazy because we're like, we don't know, we don't have a, we don't have a map. The map was always the same and it might've veered a little to the left or a little to the right, but we're like, we are off the freaking map right now. And we don't hey, have a new wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop right there. Cause that is negative thinking. We are on a map that we design our own map and we are moving in the direction that, well, that's what I'm saying. We're here to create. We're here to create and it's super exciting. It is. I wasn't, I, there was nothing negative about it I, uh, at all. It's oh, I where I was going with it is saying we are being invited in. We may yes. feel disrupted. Some of us may be triggered right now. Some of us may be feeling frustrated. I'm not at all, but some people may be. I'm trying to speak to the collective here, right? So in different moments, we're in positive moments, we're in challenging moments. We're in uplifted, we're in struggle. We see something come through social media and we're like, oh, we're feeling in a good place, but our, our family members, they're still a, a few steps in a different space. And we're kind of like, do I not talk to them anymore? How do I bridge the gap? How do I create common ground? We simply are being asked to create the new way to design an entirely new map. So when I say we're off the map, this is exciting. It's like we are the architects of an entirely new vision. And so where I think we can wrap up tonight, you know, when I start working with clients, I always say, let's talk about that vision. Let's talk about that longevity vision. How long, if you could live as long as you want, as well as you want, with the people you want, doing what you want, how long would you want to be living? And that's an interesting question because right now we only have a map of thinking that age means a certain expression. Well, gosh, you know, my my grandmother, by the time she was 70, was like on a walker. And that's like, I don't want to be that. And now today we're like, what? 70 is like the freaking new 30, whatever. However, unconsciously, until you really think about it, we still have kind of these outdated maps of what chronological age equates to. So now all of a sudden I get asking people a new question. Let's, let's envision new potential, new possibilities. Let's, let's have a new perspective of what could be. And this is the same thing we're being asked to do in society right now and all the different ways it matters. So here's, what's really interesting as we get a sense of like, oh man, we want greater community. We want, you know, this biophilic design. We want, we want connection. We want happy faces. We want vitality. We want healthy food. We want, we don't want, you know, industrial um, globalization. Like all of a sudden we start to get clear on some of the things we'd like more of. Okay. Now here's the really interesting part. So as an individual, I want to live to hundred. I want to live to 120. I want to live to 150. Okay. Go there what's going to be happening in your life? Well, my kids will be having grandkids and da, 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 and I'm going to want to do this, or I'm going to want to do that. And what is, what would that require of you? Well, I'm going to need to be able to stand up and sit down. I'm going to need to be able to open things. I'm going to like all of a sudden, right? If we go out into a vision and we start to think whether that's for our health, 
for our communities, for our businesses. I want to invite you all to get more granular. So great. See yourself there. What would be happening in that moment in time? And what would you need to have the capabilities? How would you need to show up in that scene? And so now let's reverse engineer. Let's reverse and go, well, if you need to be standing up, sitting down, opening things, closing things, lifting up toddlers when you're a hundred, then how do we need to strengthen the body and the mind now in our forties and our fifties and our sixties to effortlessly still be able to maneuver life at a hundred. And so when we set a vision, it gets exciting to go way out. But then we want to reverse it. We want to bring it into little steps in the here and now. And so I think the real call to action is, is we can get excited. And then what can we do for ourselves in this moment? And so I'm going to wrap with this um, understanding of perception. So I think, you know, here's, here's something I would encourage all of you to ask yourself what you think about stress. Stress typically is something we perceive as bad not good, too much of it. Um, there's a lot of stress in the world. So there was this really fantastic study with Navy SEALs. There's a lot of studies, by the way, on what's called cognitive reappraisal, how we interpret stress. And it's a whole field of study that based on our perception of stress, is it good for us or bad for us, literally informs our physiology. And there's a variety, there's so many studies on this, but let me give you guys this one on Navy SEALs. Cause we know Navy SEALs, they got to go through a lot of stuff, right? So they were these Navy SEAL candidates and they divided them into to two groups and they wanted to see the results of how they performed through the battery of all the different events that they had to go through. So the one group had a mindset that stress is enhancing and the other had the mindset, the perception that stress is debilitating. And so, and I'm going to give you a couple of these fascinating things. So of course, what do you think happened? The group that perceived stress as enhancing outperformed on every single type of battery of tests. They got, you know, better feedback from their leaders. They were more likable. They performed better. They had better biometrics. And again, I'm giving very, the short version of it instead of going into all the details, but those that saw stress as debilitating did not perform as well. And this was categorically. Now this holds up with any time that people are perceiving stress as good for them or not, these numbers all stack up. They do it with students in school and how they literally perform on tests, people that think stress is good for them versus bad. We look at our stress perception and how we heal and how we respond, how our immune systems respond. Those that see it as beneficial, positive responses. Those as detrimental, negative responses. There's so many, so many, um, so much work around this that it just becomes really fascinating to go, Man, and that there's so many more studies, you guys, I could spend a whole freaking two hours just talking about really, really cool things. But the power of our mind and how we simply perceive something is literally speaking to our physiology, to our blood pressure, to our heart rate, to our hormones, to our cortisol and our insulin and our testosterone, to the, that literally influences the rate of how we age, the rate of how we heal, our energy, our vitality, our cellular capacity, right? Our mood, our motivation. Um, so I think the opportunity we have in the moment now, we can all hold a big, beautiful vision because we're being asked to think in new expansive ways, to stretch our minds, to think about new possibilities. And the easiest way we can do that is by saying, well, what if? Well, what if? What if all of a sudden everybody was on common ground? 
What if we could all find, remember that we are all one human race? What if we all really could have appreciation for different perspectives? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? Like, well, what if um, I really loved eating, I, I say you have to make a change in your nutrition and you're kind of like resisting it. Well, what if, what if I really liked that change, right? So step one, what if? Step two, get curious about your perception. Can you see it as more enhancing, life-giving, soul-filling versus depleting, frustrating, limiting? And that simple toggle shift, having the awareness and just noticing the moments that maybe you toggle to the other side, like, oh, it's happening to me. You go, well, what if it were happening for me? What if this were just some beautiful, elaborate, you know, opportunity that's happening for me? And from there, our health and our lives begin to transform. Ah, beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much. That just like gave me goosebumps and hope and gratitude. And you can read all the beautiful comments coming in from people just loving what you, the drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> right. Turn that frown around. I, turn that stress upside down and make it exciting. I look at stress, like I'm a kind of a stress monkey and I look at it like, whoa, this is an opportunity. It's had a general rest. Yeah, we're going to make it happen, you know? And, and, and it's so good. I love that study. I, I really love that you, you brought that forward and, and what, it, what you delivered after that. And Sadie, my dog is she's a grin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, gosh, if anybody has any last minute things that you can pop in there, Melissa, you might want to look through the chat if people have any more to say um but uh if everybody right now you could even just oh we're getting some love on on the screen there everybody y'all are amazing thank you guys <laughs> yeah. hey, i would love to say donna and i think you have it in the chat you guys um i have got several so there's several gifts over at my website at docmelissa.com so yeah. if you just go over there you head on to the main page i'm going to drop it in the chat right now there's a thriving life meditation there's an age reversal uh, guidebook and and video so i didn't even get to talk about the perception of our perception of age our perception literally like we can reverse age just again by our mind uh so some fascinating things there and i've got another gift oh i've got uh 12 ways to live to 120. so there's just a couple of fun gifts right on the home page that you guys go ahead i've got more gifts on my website all sorts of things but uh lots of free resources if you're interested in diving more into just kind of the mind and what's happening in our body and epigenetics and signals and how do we slow down that rate of biological aging how do we live our happiest healthiest most fulfilling life go go find out <laughs> oh, i hope you guys are all gonna do that right now go over to dr melissa Dot com. We put it in the chat up there. Melissa, why don't you pop that in there again? And um, and yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody's going to, when they hear if you're going to come back on in a few months or, but if you don't want to wait that long, I really encourage you to reach out to Dr. Melissa and get all your questions answered that we couldn't um, do to here today. So um you, you're, you're just a, a shining light in the world. And, and I knew where you were headed with that earlier before. I just, I just so, so much feel like this whole thing with this map and this control. And like, this is my closing words. It's like, maybe because I've always been one of those people like Sadie, who's barking over here, who's marched to a different drummer. And I never followed anybody's map. You know, I, I'm like a dog. I, I follow the scent or the smell or, you know,
know, it's more, I live a more instinctive life, instinctual. And that is something that I, we didn't really talk about today, but I will have somebody coming on in, in the next month who we're going to be talking about all about instinct and all about just following your, your innate, uh, how do you get in touch with that? How do we become more primal, more animalistic? But Dr. Melissa, next week, such an exciting guest coming on. And I think you will absolutely adore meeting her. Her name is Dr. Ann Busso, B-U-S-S-Y, Bussy. And anyway, she's, she's going to be calling in from Australia. It'll actually be Friday there. This woman is going to be 80 next month. She has started a new company. She's still writing books. And she is a brilliant PhD in psychology. And I encourage all of you to hop on because it'll be reinforcing everything that Dr. Melissa just said here. She's in the living flesh. Most people here on the call are not 80 or in their late 70s either. And to see someone as articulate as her, as smart as a whip as her, and she's going to be one of those people who's well on her way to 120 because she does so much of what Dr. Melissa brought to her attention and um the resources i've checked all of her resources out on their website and they are phenomenal and they turn the frown upside down and one thing that i also want to leave all of you with is that it takes a tenth amount of muscles to smile than it does to frown i want everybody who's on here right now just feel the difference of smiling and frowning it's hard to frown but most people are walking around hard right now and if we smile it becomes contagious and it becomes a positive moment even if it's just that one moment in someone's day if you can lighten and brighten their life up with your smile and that takes doing that internal work we talked about today that's that self-love that understanding that you can change your mind you can change your brain and you can use a lot of the strategies and techniques that dr melissa offered today and we are so grateful to you dr melissa and for everybody showing up on the call and i know that um i'm just i always end my calls like this and um, Dr. Melissa, you're welcome to say any last things. I'm sure people could listen to you all day, but this is a dose of positivity that I like to share. And sometimes it's um, as simple as going outside and listening to bird songs to turn your frown upside down. And I mean, the other way around. And um, I'd like to encourage all of you to, to get barefoot when you can. I know it's cold out. Uh, where most of you are, but getting out into nature and um, grounding yourself is one of the most positive things that we can do uh, for ourselves. Because when we are in touch with nature, we are in touch with our true nature because we are nature. And the closer we get to nature, the closer we get to knowing who we are. And that brings us full circle to how we have our own maps to follow, our own lives, our own roads to travel. The more positivity we have in the world, the faster it will heal. And the more positivity you put out every day, the better you will feel. So with that said, um, I'm gonna look in the chat and see if anybody has anything else to say besides thank you and love and sending so much love to Dr. Melissa. Tell to you too.
And uh, you guys have a beautiful, blessed evening. And thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you next week when with Dr. Ann. You're going to love her. So, um, and have a, have a blessed weekend. And remember to smile. Smile, smile, smile. Many, many blessings to y'all. And uh, we'll see you in the Facebook group and next Tuesday. Aloha.